Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Great guest today, it's Lexis Charday, a comedian and podcaster. And we have a fun chat. Getting this to you a little late today, not because of the holiday, but because I had a shoot this morning that just backed me up. Not that way. But either way, this is coming out now instead of earlier. I can't tell you what the shoot was, though. That's the nature of doing shoots. You can't tell anybody about them. (laughs) But we have some fun things coming up. Fun episode coming up right this now. We have Lexis Charday of the Life Coaching Comedians podcast. And we have a really fun chat, as I said. And uh, we talk about how she got into comedy and and how she actually had started out in radio and it's a very interesting story and it's one that resonated with me because it's kind of my story too so let's get right to it here's my chat with lexis charday you are from oregon but you currently live in phoenix is that correct correct and uh, how long have you been in phoenix um i've been here for a little over five years okay okay and so I don't know. It's, I know you've performed at the Improv and a couple of other places. Are there any in Phoenix or were you in L.A. at one point? Um, I was. In, I started in L.A. And okay. um, we do have um, an Improv in Phoenix as well. That's actually in Tempe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Well, there's something that we share. We both have some radio background. You did a, a mm-hmm. good bit of that <laughs> in, yeah. <laughs> uh, back in the day. And um, what made you get into that work? Um, you know, I don't really remember. It was just uh, something I wanted to do as a kid, like mm-hmm. be on the radio. Like, like that's what we listened to growing up. We always listened to the radio, you know. And mm-hmm. um when I was younger, I wanted to be like a VJ, like um, like Lala. <laughs> I don't oh, remember nice. the VJ. I love I Lala. Yeah. No, Lala was great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was just kind of a a little dream of mine. Yeah. <laughs> so I started with radio. Um, figured that would be a good way into it, you know. Yeah. When did comedy become a part of your life? Were you was there ever a point where you were doing both, like studying improv or or doing stand up while also working in radio? Um, it started um, with improv. So when I moved to LA, um, I was still trying. I was trying to break into like television. So mm-hmm. I was like applying to different like radio stations for like internships and also like television stations. Mm-hmm. And I was working for this like really, really small, like out of home network. Um, and I was doing like interviewing and stuff like that. And I had some like hater on YouTube 
like say I was the worst interviewer ever and it totally like got mm. me gave me this complex and mm. so my friend was like why don't you try doing some improv classes just to kind of like help with your wits and you know get better at interviewing and it's like I think you're great but you could always there's always room to grow Right. So I started taking improv classes and that's what kind of led me into like the comedy line of things. And, um, then one of my classmates that I did improv with also did stand up. Right. So she started helping me, um, like write jokes and stuff like that. Okay. And, um, I mean, that sounds like what a lot of people have, have done. They, they started <laughs> taking improv to sort of learn some extra skills. Mm hmm. Makes a lot of sense. I did the same thing. And yeah. Um, yeah, I, I having already started pursuing acting, I thought, well, this will probably help uh, in, a, in a few different ways. But I went the yeah. opposite way. I started with stand up and then went into improv. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah. And it was sort of you had to you have to break some habits when you go in that direction, because. You, you mm -hmm. can easily control the scene a little too much or get too ahead of yourself if you go from stand-up to improv. Whereas in improv to stand-up, maybe you just don't have this, maybe the same concept of structuring jokes. I, I don't know. I've heard that. What was? Did you have any issues going from improv to stand-up or had you not done improv long enough to gain any habits that could get in your way of stand-up? I think, um, I don't know if I necessarily did improv long enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I do know that like with stand up, I do, I kind of consider myself more of a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And so I do struggle with my stand up sometimes on getting like too much in detail. Mm -hmm. So I do have some, you know, comedian friends that are like less premise, more punchline, you know, mm -hmm, like when mm -hmm. I'm talking about jokes and stuff like that. So I try to, that's something that I always kind of struggle with a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting structure because when I watch videos or watch stand up specials and pick up on it, but also when I watch videos of how people like a Dave Chappelle, for instance, structures their comedy, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's sort of, it can easily look like all premise and then like yeah. a sentence is a punchline, but there are funny bits throughout and mm -hmm. it's, it's sort of crafted in such a masterful way that gives this illusion and it can be easy to slip into, I'm setting this up a lot because I think that'll help and it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing too, I think that when you look at some of these bigger comedians that have been around forever, um, it's kind of like you have to earn mm -hmm. earn the right to have a lot of premise because mm -hmm. people already know you're funny. So right. they're going to want to listen to all the bullshit that you have to say. <laughs> yeah. And they also know Whereas, where you're coming from when you're yeah, as big as Chris yeah. Rock or Dave Chappelle. Yeah. But when you're some, you know, someone, when you're like performing at some, you know, dive bar, nobody <laughs> right. knows who the hell you are. They're like, shut up and say something funny. Right. Right. Which is obnoxious. Um, have you had to deal with much many hecklers? No, not really. Yeah, yeah, no, I have it a lot. I've either. bombed horribly a few times, like especially mm -hmm. when I when I lived in L.A. Mm hmm. And um, I hear that's a tough for, place to start stand up. I don't know about now, but yeah, when I was there, it was it was tough. But I was in the grind for sure. Yeah. 
I remember um, going to the comedy store for these like open mics and there would be like no joke, like 35 comics on the list mm-hmm. and <laughs> you would have to have at least two people show up. That was like on one of the more lenient shows, but there was this, I remember this one guy, what was his name? He was such a dick. Oh, what was his name? I can't remember, but like he, it was like my second or third show and like they wanted you to have like seven people show up or else you couldn't go up uh, on stage. So like a bringer like, show, yeah. Dude, that's almost like impossible in LA to get seven people to show up. Right. <laughs> like on a Friday night, like there's right. so many things people would want to be doing, you know? Yeah. It, the, yeah. Those bringer shows are brutal because of yeah. that, especially in a city like big, LA. Yeah. Like... And in Tempe, like I, I did the bringer show a couple times at the improv and mm-hmm. that was pretty easy because like when I moved here, I, people don't really know my background. I didn't really do like when I first moved here, my first two, three years, like I wasn't doing any comedy. Mm-hmm. And so when I started doing it again, people were like, oh shit, you do comedy. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. And they're like, oh, totally come. So I got like you know, 25 people to come to that show. (laughs) (laughs) Never had this many people come to a comedy show before. It was crazy. It almost sounds like you started on a whim almost, both improv and stand-up. It was at someone's suggestion. You're like, all right, sure. Yeah. Before that, did you have a love of comedy? Were you at all passionate about it? Oh, yeah. So it wasn't a hard sell. Yeah, no, it was not a hard sell at all. (laughs) Okay, cool. And but you just never thought you would go into it, or was it something in the back of your mind as a possibility? I don't know. I don't. I can't really recall if it was ever like something I really, really wanted to do. It's probably something I thought about. Because mm-hmm. um, like when I was younger, I wanted to do like acting and stuff like that. And okay, I yeah. dabbled in that a little bit too. And I was, right. But like, if you were to talk to some of my like family members and like childhood friends. They would be like, man, Lexus has been a stand-up comedian her whole life, right. you know, just because like I like to like, I don't know. I just always find funny things in observations and like to laugh. And part of it is like my dad is just like a character. He's such a goofball. So I grew mm-hmm. up like having the freedom of being goofy and silly all the time and laughing, you know? Yeah. I, that makes a lot of sense. That makes it easy where someone suggests it to be like, yeah, that would be fun. I mean, that's, I've loved it my whole life. Mm-hmm. When you started doing it regularly and, and got into the grind of it, what was the goal at that point? Had you kind of foregone a career in radio? No. And it's some radio is something that I'll always kind of be interested. It's like, yeah. like people think it's dead, but it, yeah. I feel like You're right. radio is like, if you look at it from like a classist standpoint, like the, the lower and middle class, like th- that's what they have is the radio, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like you get to reach like, like this part of humanity that needs to be reached to, you know? Right. And also, you know, it's funny. Still a really powerful platform. Right. I mean, I've heard for 20 years, radio's dead and people are going to leave terrestrial radio. And that was two decades ago. You know, like two decades later, there's still radio and then there's XM radio or satellite radio. And and podcasting is sort of adjacent. You know, it's very (laughs) similar. And so, you know, a lot of people can start adopting podcasts into their radio networks or radio companies to 
stay with the times and and stay active. It, it just doesn't have to go away entirely. But you're right. There's yeah. certain people who, I mean, I've never had satellite radio because that that was expensive when I first <laughs> heard about it. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to get and that. And when you look at like, and when you watch all those end of the world movies, mm-hmm. like what's the one way they have to communicate? <laughs> right. The right. radio. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. So when you started doing stand-up, and you say you're a storyteller, more of a storyteller. Do you have a particular perspective that you like to try to go with? Like, have you? Do you think you've really found your voice? Oh yeah, I would say I've definitely I found my voice. My mm-hmm. voice can definitely change too, depending on my mood. <laughs> <laughs> How so? Depending, depending on the performance I want to put on, the character uh-huh. I want to portray. You know, like every I feel like every joke I write has has like a general character that I kind of, you know, how I portray myself or how I present myself. But um, I don't know. The more I watch, I have a 10 year old daughter and mm-hmm. it's so funny. Cause like, you know, when you start to have kids, your friends are like, Oh my God, that's, you know, that's totally your child or whatever. And like for a long time, I didn't really like see it. And mm-hmm. now that I'm working from home and I'm spending a lot of time for my daughter, like, I'm really starting to see it. Like she has all these different multiple personalities and then every personality, like I see a piece of myself in it. I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Do you uh, ever bring her to the shows? No, I haven't brought her to any shows yet. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My stuff isn't quite, you know, PG, but I mean, she's listened to some of my stuff and she thinks it's funny. Yeah. When you started this podcast, Life Coaching Comedians, a fun name, um, and I don't know that there's anything like it, what spurred that on? Well, you know, with my love of radio, I've been wanting to do a podcast for years. Right. And when I moved to Arizona, um, that was when I was like, okay, like, you know, when I first moved here, it took me kind of like a couple years to like really find my peeps. And so I was alone a lot and with my immediate family a lot. So I was just trying to figure out ways to like be creative because I'd been creatively dead for so long. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to start a podcast. And at first I, at the time I first moved here, I got really back. um, I got more into martial arts. I've been like, I trained Muay Thai and boxing on and off for like 10 years. And so when I moved here, that was like my main form of exercise and my main focus. So I wanted to do a podcast about, um, MMA and like Muay Thai. And so I was kind of like researching how to like do a podcast and all this stuff. And then I got injured and I had to stop fighting Mm. and there was just like a whole bunch of other things that kind of made me like step away from that. So when I got did you say you did that? Muay Thai, I started, uh, well, I started boxing when I was 19 in college uh-huh. and, um, and then got kind of converted over to Muay Thai and I did that on and off, um, from like 21 to 29, 28. Wow. So you had yeah. a good bit of bouts then. Yeah. How, what was your record? Oh, I never fought. I just trained. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to fight, but. It was like, you know, when you have a kid, it's like, man, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like I would like start training to fight and something would happen. And so I never got to fight. Now I'm just too old to fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know enough about, uh, about it. 
what makes that different than like MMA? Is it just because MMA is mixed martial arts and that's a specific yeah. one or yeah. otherwise so similar? Okay. MMA like involves like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, grappling, mm-hmm. like some people do taekwondo. Like it's like we pretty much everyone has a different background in MMA and there's like no rules in MMA really besides like don't hit the balls, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in, in every like martial art there's like some sort of rule, like some sort of rules and guidelines you have to follow. Um like in Muay Thai, like, you know, if they fall, you have to let them come back up, you know. Like it's a standing sport, like you have to be on your two feet. I see. So, yeah. Wow, you uh, did that a while. You you have yeah. a lot of passions. Yeah, I'm just a passionate person. I'm mm-hmm. kind of a go the flow type person. Like when you look at um all the things that I've done, it's I've done a lot of different things. I feel like I've lived like ten different lives. But um, but getting back to like the podcast, when I started doing mm-hmm. comedy again, um, I was like, well, I want to do a comedy podcast, and I was like listening to all the comedy podcasts out out there, and they seem to be all kind of the same like very few have formats and some mm-hmm. were like a lot of them were like homie hangouts you know like the <laughs> yeah. get smoke pot, talk shit for like three hours and i'm like <laughs> yeah eh, i don't really know like i need to do something that's gonna stand out that's different and mm-hmm. with my background and like personal training and nutrition like i wanted to like kind of educate people too in a way but also mm-hmm. make it like funny and kind of lighthearted. so I was uh, brainstorming some ideas with my buddy Jeff, and um, I came up with Life Coaching Comedians. That's great. And when you started that and and uh, got it off the ground, it's in the third season right now, correct? Yeah, I just finished my third season. And you've got a great list of comics that you've had on. And, uh, you know, like I think this season you had Rich Voss, so he's a big name yeah. that you've had on. Um, mm-hmm. And... Have you had any uh, any situations where that really changed a lot for you? Or let me rephrase. Have you had to change your approach to it? Because, it, you know, there's some people who go on in more of a character and some who go on not in character. Does that does that happen? Do you just sort of go with the flow or does it just I sort give, of depend on the person? Yeah, I give the comic a, a choice on what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um and it's funny because I think the first season, like, people weren't really, like, getting it. So just about <laughs> everybody uh, w- was themselves. And it was kind of funny because, like, people were just unloading their shit <laughs> <laughs> on me. So I felt like the first, like, kind of serious. And yeah. then the second season, when I started meeting in person and doing, like, the um, the video, um, it got a lot more kind of how I wanted it to be and more mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. and uh definitely in person was awesome yeah um, but yeah i let people you know, choose and it's like you know i try to encourage everyone to i mean i think if you're going to be a guest on a podcast you have to like listen to at least one episode right mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and um you know some people would listen some people want it and it's usually the ones that didn't listen that would do it and they're kind of like caught off guard on what's happening and they ask for a redo or whatever <laughs> yeah and and you just go with the flow when that happens. You well, want to have the episode, so. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a fun concept, and so you are in character with it all mm-hmm. the time, regardless oh, of yeah. whether they are or not. And uh, as you said, they're just sort of unloading on things, and so you're, you're 
how much of, even though you're in character, how much of it are you genuinely trying to help? Or are you looking more for comedy or is it this sort of meld of both? It's definitely a meld. Um, I definitely like do give advice because the idea is even though it's humorous and whether or not they're making up their problems, um, the idea is I want the listener to like feel it's like to get some insight, you know, cause like mm-hmm. my, my big thing is mental health. Like I've struggled with depression for years and mm-hmm. anxiety was a big thing like about three years ago for me that still comes up every once in a while. So like I take all the things that I've learned and the knowledge that I've gained in like self-help books and, um, everything. And I use that in the advice that I give on the show. So most of it is genuine advice. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it's bias. Some of it is uh, <laughs> kind of out there, a different way of thinking. Like I'm definitely a critical thinker, so you could call me a conspiracy theorist if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and do you ha- what conspiracy but, theories do you have? Oh, how much time do you got? Have you seen what's <laughs> popping out on social media lately? I mean, we got like Pizzagate, Donut Gate. We got there's a Donut Gate. Yeah, there's a Donut Gate now. So that comes into your helping people on your podcast like your conspiracy theory sort of sometimes yeah okay i'll (laughs) I'll mention a conspiracy theory sometimes and um i'll be like oh you know you don't want to go down that rabbit hole (laughs) (laughs) okay so every once in a while chemtrails may come up in conversation all right right yeah (laughs) okay where do you see the podcast going now i mean obviously things are in a weird place and it's harder to meet with somebody i've i've been like trying to figure that out um right before covid started i was finding this like really cool new flow and system which is why i got rich voss on Mm -hmm. i had started reaching out to comedians in advance that were planning on coming out to phoenix oh great and uh, telling them about my podcast and kind of the mission behind it and inviting them to come on and trying to make it as easy for them as possible, like going to them wherever they're staying or whatever. And um, Rich Voss was the first one to agree. And then I had about three other bigger name touring comedians that had agreed to as well, which I was like super excited about. And then like a week before I was about to do my second one, that's when all the shows started getting canceled. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's yeah. definitely debilitating uh, the chance of doing an in-person thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if I really want to go back to virtual. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I probably would if it was a different concept, but with this concept, I really feel like the in-person makes such a big difference. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess teletherapy is becoming a thing. Yeah. So so I guess you mm-hmm. would if you if you went in that route, you would have to adjust to that route. Yeah, and I thought about like maybe doing a couple teletherapy ones, you know, like mm-hmm. a couple online ones here and there. But uh yeah, I don't know. I just feel like everyone's gonna get so numb to like seeing a zoom screen or seeing like a skype Mm -hmm. conversation seeing a virtual conversation that i want to try to stay as like in the physical as i possibly can right it's gonna be like 
interesting. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there are still some comedians that are touring. So when I when I'm ready to start doing season four, I'll probably or out who's touring, who's in town. Because you know, some people are being safe and being cautious, and some people are just living their life and <laughs> mm-hmm. not trying to be a sheep or not trying to live their life in fear, which I respect either one. So mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I guess there's, at this point, there's just any direction, almost. <laughs> um, I yeah. mean, it's, w- we just don't know how much things are going to open up. Yeah, hmm. we don't. It's crazy. How so, is, I have a question for go, you. Yeah, go for it. So, since you're such a Prince fan, <laughs> did you uh, did you see my Prince, uh, my Prince costume? I did not. Is you this didn't? A- I was curious. Where can I see this? It's on everything. Um, it's so I started doing like cosplay for Halloween, uh-huh. and um, I did a Prince costume a couple of years ago. I have to see it. Yeah, if you're on YouTube, I made like a video. It's called "My Tribute to Prince." Okay, I'm on your Instagram right now. Scroll so. down a little bit, you'll see it. It's me and a and the purple jacket, and my my friend <laughs> is dressed as Apollonia. <laughs> I got that. I saw what's that you is Easy E. <laughs> I see that. That one's pretty good. My Prince costume was 2018. If, oh. if you're on like the right, the one where it shows all the pictures and you scroll down a little bit more. Oh, there it is. Um, that is great. Wow. You like you, that? Yeah. Oh, and you're also Bob Ross, very, uh, who I also love. Yeah. I don't know if you if I've mentioned that. I love much. Bob Ross. Bob Ross is a favorite as well in my household. Um, yeah, you've got some fun ones. You got Kanye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was excellent. my first uh, drag costume, man. <laughs> those are fun. Drag king costume. Yeah, I miss those. I didn't see it when you, uh, you know, when I was researching you. That's great. Those are fun. I like those a lot. Is that so that that became a big thing for you to do recently? It was uh, doing cosplay for Halloween and like dressing up as, yeah. as singers and famous people. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I just always I hated like in college. I think I dressed up in like not even a slutty outfit like once, and I just remember like I was wearing like a leotard, and it wasn't even like a thong leotard, and I had like tights on and I had like a cat tail and it was a long sleeve leotard because we're you know we're in Oregon and it's cold and I had like knee-high socks on and I just remember I was like walking around on campus going to like a party and like someone like yelled out that I was a slut (laughs) Uh. and I was like I'm never dressing up like this for Halloween ever again and after that it was like dudes (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that was just my trend yeah I always dressed up like a dude and then um after I did Bob Ross, I was like, um, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to start dressing up as like dead celebrities for the rest of my life. Yeah, those are great. I haven't uh, done a Halloween costume in a couple of years. I need yeah, to, I'm uh, curious on what Halloween's going to be like this year. Like I already yeah. have my next costume lined up, but um, I really need to like my friends are like, dude, you need to start making some like cosplay videos uh-huh. um i had this idea um what's that comedian's name ali mcfosk mcfosky is that her last name mcfosky ali mac she goes by ali mac okay she uh i got an idea 
watching her on IG. She likes to go on IG live while she's on Omegle. Do you remember Omegle? Uh, no, I don't. Omegle's like this, it's been around for years. It's like this chat room where you play like, it's like roulette chat. So you're on there, you choose like what kind of people you want to chat with and it just like pairs you up with a random person and you video chat with them. Oh, fun. She like goes on IG live and records herself on a Meagle and she does like really weird shit with her makeup while she's talking to people. Mm-hmm. And people don't know she's a comedian. It's like really funny. And so I was like, dude, I want to do that. But like in my cosplay character, <laughs> you got and to. I could tell. Yeah. Like I could be Prince or easy E or Bob <laughs> Ross. And I could say I'm a Meagling from heaven. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think when chat roulette first started, I got on it. And, um, because I didn't, I, I, I don't know why, I, I guess I just didn't want to be myself on there. So I just started like, I put on, I had these like sunglasses and they were like Elvis sunglasses. I put those on, I put a bandana around my neck and I had a, like a hat on and people started saying like, are you Lenny Kravitz? <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh, I guess I kind of look like Lenny Kravitz. So I started do I inadvertently started doing that, just like being Lenny Kravitz, <laughs> and I would just next person I would just sing a lyric from one of his songs, and then I'd just go to the next that's person. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that's fun. I just like goofy, silly things like that. So that's yeah. right up my alley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's on my to do list. I have too many things on my to do list. I'm a lazy comedian. <laughs> I mean, you've got. You've done so much, though. I mean, having been in radio and then you hosted, it was called Rush Hour Entertainment, correct? Yeah. And you did that. I mean, you did some uh, some acting work as well and stand-up improv. I mean, you're, you're and now podcasting. That mm-hmm. seems, and then, of course, all of the fighting, which you did for, you know, eight, nine years. Yeah. I guess I would just say that I'm, like, lazy about, like, trying to keep up with, like, the times. Like, you know, you see, like, these comedians that have, like, their TikTok videos are blowing up or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I post these hilarious TikTok videos and I get, like, six views. I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck? I think it's all the tags. It depends what you tag and how you draw people back to your page. I don't think there's rhyme or reason to TikTok. I really don't. I heard, and this is a conspiracy theory, so you might like it. But I heard mm-hmm. that the app, the algorithm sort of favors young girls. And and also, I also heard that um, regardless of gender, that they'll also favor attractive people. And they got a lot of criticism for that at one point, apparently. I don't know much about it. But I heard that that was like a thing Did they were doing. Did you say that I'm ugly? I'm not. Um, <laughs> that part saying that I'm ugly. That part means you should have gotten on their radar. But if they're also looking at like eighteen-year-olds, they're trying to get eighteen-year-olds, and I guess that keeps us attractive hey, I people. Twenty-four every once in a while. <laughs> I pass for thirty every once in a while, and that's still too old for them, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, uh, I, you're not easily offended, and I found some way to offend you. <laughs> <laughs> Very accidental. Um, <laughs> well, 
Well, we have reached the end of the episode. It's ta- it's now time to create something together, an exciting thing. And well, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, there's so there's so much you've done, and I'm wondering where we should try to create something. Uh, if maybe it's creating a podcast idea that could work with uh, the way things are now, you know, not being able to meet in person. Or maybe uh, you can demonstrate your life coaching on me. Do you have any yeah. ideas? Is anything jumping out at you? I mean, yeah, I could uh, I could give you the life coach character. If that's what you want. You want that? Yeah. Yeah, let's give everyone a taste if they haven't already heard your podcast. Okay. All right, give me a second to get into character. Okay. And we could just do this for like not even two minutes. If that if that makes it easier. Well, Jason, I don't know what uh, you plan to accomplish in just a couple minutes. <laughs> fair, fair. Is it possible that your girlfriends might identify you as a two-pump chump? Uh, maybe. Uh, hopefully not a rush? chump. What's the rush, Jason? Are you... Uh, <laughs> Are you afraid of something? Are you afraid to get in touch with those deep-rooted issues I'm that worried have been about... living inside of you since you were a little boy? I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just worried about wasting your time. Oh, how considerate of you. <laughs> and I mean that. I mean that genuinely because okay. oh. lots of men are not very considerate of my time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I definitely want to be considerate of your time and also want help. But, you know, if two minutes isn't enough time to really delve. I don't know if if two minutes is enough time. Well, first, let's start with you telling me what um, your problem is and uh, we can go from there. Okay, a problem of mine right now. You know, I was thinking... uh, some of it might be trying to build my career up a little bit, but mm-hmm. that one seems a little external. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe... Yeah, let's go a little deeper there, yeah, Jason. right. Uh, so I think right now uh, an internal issue I've been having has been just dealing with all this COVID stuff. You know, you have to be in. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the future holds, so it's hard to... Move yourself forward. Don't want to get on the wrong track or go in the wrong direction, depending on where the country's heading and the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I uh, can relate to you uh, 1,000%. And um, I understand where you're coming from. Um, if, if I may, I can, I can give you a little bit of advice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, please. Um, so what I have found that, uh, helps me and that helps some of my other clients is truly living in the moments because the moment in front of us is all that we have. Mm. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow may not come. So, and you know, it's in our nature to want to, uh, prepare for the future, you know, and do something that our future self will thank us for. Mm-hmm. So what lights every fiber in your being on fire? Mm. Whatever that is, do that. 
And that is is that a question? Are you asking what I'm passionate about, or are you saying it's rhetorical? I really okay. don't want to know what you're passionate about because <laughs> you're right. My time is precious. <laughs> well, okay, okay, fair so enough. So you can journal about it. Do you have a journal? Go buy one. Okay. Get a journal. And I I think that's a good advice for all you listeners out there, for all of you thumb-thugging thugs and all you Facebook trolls and Instagram trolls. Before you decide to start to rant on your social media outlet, maybe journal first. Journal first and get those feelings out. You know, Abraham Lincoln used to write uh, letters when he was angry and never sent them because it made him feel better. Oh. That's actually really good advice. It is, right? Mm -hmm. But you know what? Sometimes I love a good, bad Yelp review. (laughs) Well, I'll be leaving a positive one. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Are there any action steps other than getting a a journal and journaling about my passions? Isn't that an action step? That is. I'm I'm wondering if there are any others. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go to Tom and buy one. Okay. All right. In your car, get on your bike. I don't know what your current situation is. I'd be walking. I'd be walking to the journal store. Yeah, the 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 journal store. <laughs> First, there's the container store, and then there's there's a good idea. Let's start a journal store. I'm I'm down. I love journals. I mean, I am always buying a new journal. I like the different designs on the journals. I actually been wanting to uh, create a journal. Um, mm. that has like everything that you need as far as I've, I used, uh, all right, I can get out of character now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I use a journal called the law of attraction planner and, um, I love that thing, mm-hmm. but I want to take that and like combine it with like a lifestyle, like nutrition journal and like have a journal that like covers everything in your life. Right. Yeah, I agree. Have you thought yeah. of doing that with your podcast, like creating a yeah. journal for Life Coach? I, yeah, comedians? I thought about making a journal for like everybody, like anyone can use. And then I thought about making one like for comedians, like specifically like the comedian edition. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm such a uh like OCD type person. Like I have to like have all the dots connected before I start doing it because I'm weird. So I'm trying to decide like what program I want to use to make it. Like, I don't know if I should just use Adobe Illustrator or I don't really know how I, how I want to design it. Mm -hmm. I actually was a design major in college, but I'm so out of touch with some areas of design. Like I mostly just like video edit and do like Photoshop, that kind of stuff. So it's been a minute since I've actually like designed something from scratch and like Adobe. So I have to kind of figure out how I'm going to make it. Well, once that out, super easy. Wow, I, that's another thing that you—that's you know very specific that you had a passion for. Yeah, I mean, I'm always passionate about design. I mean, people can see that when they come over to my house. Like, I love mm-hmm. things to be aesthetically pleasing. I love thing around me to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it has to be expensive. I'm a bargain shopper, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, I love that. That's uh, that's really cool. Yeah, I hope you you make that the uh, 
that journal and the life coaching comedians version. Yeah. Well, there it is. Alexis, thanks so much for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Go to lifecoachingcomedians.com and you can check out a bunch of stuff on there. She also has a new project called Fart Talk that you can check out on YouTube. And uh, you can look up Lex Luther on YouTube and find her page. We have links in bio to that. Uh, on Instagram, you can follow at Life Coaching Comedians, at Fart Talk, and at Lexis Charday on Twitter. She is at Lexis Charday, and there's also an at Life Coaching Comedians on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at There It Is Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason Far Jokes and Instagram at Jason Far Picks. And also go to thereitispod.com, find out more about the podcast and the Comedy Lifestyle newsletter. Fun episode next week. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 